This episode of the Republic of Football is brought to you by the North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Whoa, goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He plays. Oh, he's the one. Oh, Puts he up the right sideline. He's got to go. He's tackled Sam Houston. Wins it. The Bearcats capture their first FCS championship. Welcome, everyone, to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, not Shahan J. Raja. I'm Ishmael Johnson, the other host, because... Somebody had to move on and do some other stuff, or I don't know. Hopefully he'll be back. I don't know. No one ever told me anything. Um, anyway, sitting with me this week is Greg Tepper. Oh, my gosh. Greg Tepper. Uh, thank you for letting me sully your podcast. What are you doing here? Uh, well, uh, basically, we had to have somebody host it. <laughs> right. And so you asked Pickle, and she's not talking to you right now. That, yeah, that, that always goes that way. You asked Will Wilkerson, and he just kind of stared at you. He never says anything. And then you came to me, and you're like, hey— Third choice. You're literally the only option we have. Yeah, so that's what's going to happen. Uh, we'll see how long that goes. Hopefully not long. We'll, we'll figure that out later. I don't know. But I think we'll be okay. We'll be okay. Oh, we got something up our sleeve. I don't think you're going to have to deal with me for too, too long. I'll yeah, just say that. We'll but today see. you do. Yeah, for today, unfortunately. Week one, or I guess week, I don't know, there was a week zero last week, so I guess we can just jump into that. It was football it, played. Yeah, there was. It, what do you consider last week? Week zero. Week zero. And I've got to be honest. I'm glad UTEP won. We'll talk about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like week zero. No, no. Week zero sucks. I think it's lame. And it, it's Yeah. It's like you got to pretend there's football. And it's like, yeah, there is. But, like, the fanfare is not there. You know, it's like a couple teams. You know, uh, Illinois and Nebraska are cool, I guess. But do you know like, what it is? Is yeah. that if there's a bad game, you can't switch away from it. You know That's what it is? a good point. It's That's a, a good point. A good way of describing it is kind of like the early week, like the early part of bowl season mm-hmm. in that, well, there's a game on right now, and so you have an option to either watch it or not, mm-hmm. but also Middle Tennessee is up 40 to nothing on Navy, and it's like, right. well, I don't know if I'm super into this. And also, I mean, I'm going to be candid. I wasn't paying 20 bucks to watch that game. The New Mexico State. It was on Aggie Vision, wasn't it? No, or whatever I, it was. I or, caught up on highlights. It was yeah, exactly. I caught up on highlights. It was like on Aggie Vision, which is like the New Mexico State thing or whatever. It was something, but you had to pay twenty bucks for that game exclusively. Yeah. It's not like paying twenty bucks for ESPN Plus or something like that. It's right. like, oh no, here's just one broadcast. And so I caught up, I kept track, I was following, you know, our guys Adrian and everybody in El Paso that was that were tweeting the game. I kept up, checked the stats, I was like, Okay, that's the game. That that results is what I expected and what I hoped for. And now we can move on to me actually paying attention. <laughs> I, I I don't want to crib from my my own other show, mm-hmm. Texas Football Today, every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. That's what we definitely need is plug in that show. But, <laughs> but uh, I mentioned this. This is – we should not take this for granted. Right. Because UTEP has not come out and, like, legit smashed somebody mm-hmm. in a long time. Sure. I mean, you remember a couple years ago when Houston Baptist gave them a huge scare. Mm -hmm. Uh, They lost to Northern Arizona in the Dana Demel era. Uh, It was Stephen F. Austin who came to UTEP last year and gave them a big worry, Mm -hmm. like deep into the the second half. So 
for UTEP to go out there and to play a team that they're better than. Right. And to treat it as such is refreshing. It's, yeah. it's really refreshing. And yeah. I thought that they, they, you know, I don't want to get too, go too crazy because mm-hmm. New Mexico State is as close to barely an FBS program as we have in, in America right now. Right. But that's what you do to teams you're better than yeah. if you're a decent football team. And maybe UTEP's a decent football team. That's the hope, right? You're hope, we're hoping to see that next step forward, which is instead of just like hanging on to these FCS wins that kind of, you know, more or less inflate the, the record, kind of hoping, okay, now they can get to that, you know, maybe one or two FCS wins or one FCS win and then, you know, the rest are FBS and they get, they get closer and closer to bowl mm-hmm. eligibility because it is kind of a prove-it year for Dana Dimmel. So... What we're basically what we're saying is good job. It's a rivalry game too, so like there's random stuff that could happen in those. Um, Jacob Cowing played incredibly, five catches, 158 yards, one touchdown. Unfortunately, I think the only negative I think is Deion Hankins is doubtful this week for against Bethune Cookman, so that is un- of course unfortunate. But they should hopefully that's more of a precaution because they should more or less take care of Bethune Cookman. You'd hope, um, but yeah. So I, I think we saw everything we needed to see from this team in week one or week zero rather. <laughs> Defense looked good. Defense, mm-hmm. you know, held, you know, New Mexico. It's it's hard to gauge, and, and we run into this in, in when, when we're covering high school football, too, mm-hmm. in the sense that we still don't know who these teams are. Like, New Mexico State, it may turn out to be like, they're one of the worst FBS programs in FBS history. Right. It could turn out to be that way. Right. But early returns, like, assuming that they are a competent football team that can run plays, going out there and beating them on the road in a big rivalry game and looking good on both sides of the ball— mm-hmm. Not a whole lot more you can ask from Dana Dimmel. Sure. And this was one of, and, and just think about how different this conversation would be if it was like they won, but it was like 30 to 27. Sure. Or they did what they've done against Houston Baptist or Stephen F. Austin or things like that. We'd right. be talking about, well, here we go again. Instead, we can sit here and be like, no caveats, no nothing. UTEP won a football game going away. Yes. That's good. That is a good thing. Yes. All right, so our next, uh, before we get into our picks this week, we have one more news, uh, news uh, piece of news. Apparently, A&M's won the national title. Everything's good. Uh, Jimbo Fisher's put the Aggies on the mountaintop. Um, wait, actually, no, I'm sorry. I'm looking here. He has not done that. Uh, have they, made, they have not made the playoff either. Um, that's weird because I'm looking at it right now, and it says that A&M's given Jimbo Fisher a three-year extension on a... Ten-year, $75 million guaranteed contract, and I'm reading here, yep, this extension is also guaranteed. So, um, hmm, annual salary raise from $7.5 to $9 million. So, I guess I have two questions for you. Uh-huh. Um, one, who were they fending off? Mm-hmm. And two... Did they really have to do that before the expectation year that we have now? Let's <laughs> well, just first and foremost say congratulations to Jimbo Fisher, who finally has some financial security. <laughs> right, like, right. It's just that's that's good. Yes, I'm I'm happy for him. Yeah. Uh, obviously, this is strange, and I don't <laughs> really. I wish I could be in, in in the room, but at the same time, isn't this just the way college football goes? Sure. Like, if you win, you get a you get a contract extension, mm-hmm. and so like I'm sure whoever Jimbo Fisher's agent was said, "Hey, look at what we've done. Look at the hype. Look at everything I've brought here. Don't you think I'm worth a little bit more here?" And I I doubt that there were any sort of threats to leave right. or like, oh, maybe I'll go look at you know. 
I mean, where would you go? I was about to say, who takes him? Like, like he's not paying that off. Like, if he gets, if he goes to look somewhere else, and, and like, and the other thing is, and, and, and maybe I'm wrong, sure, but I've never gotten the illusion, or I've never gotten the feeling that like the NFL is a viable option for him on either side. Like, right. either the NFL would want him, or he would want the NFL, right? Which seems like the only real step up, unless like, I mean, he seems happy at A and M. It, it seems like this was more like. We we're doing this because this is what you do when you win. Like you right. pay your coach more, and the only problem is they're already paying him a lot, <laughs> a ton, <laughs> a ton. And so now you know I don't know. It's it's a strange circumstance mm-hmm. that uh, it's all funny money there yeah. anyway. Like it's all they like seven. The difference between seven point five million dollars and nine million dollars is is one point five million dollars. I should be clear about the the what it actually is <laughs> but at a&m where they have tons of money and, right. and one of the richest programs in america they don't have to worry about this so if anything this just like i don't know like <laughs> like does it give him job security is his job any more secure yeah. today right than it was yesterday right i, I t- 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 I don't think so i mean it's not any more secure like it's just he was already again no program like he was locked up for seven USC more years. USC wasn't going to come and say, yeah, we'll pay that buyout, whatever the buyout was, the, the rest of your contract to come coach here. Like, he was there. No, there was right. no other – there was no next step. Yeah, like, I mean, Bama's not coming tomorrow to get him. Like, they weren't – I don't know. It was, in, in my opinion, this mm-hmm. is my opinion, and you can all mark the time here on September 1st, <laughs> on 2021, I should say. Yes. Jimbo Fisher will either retire or get fired. Right. Like – the idea that he was going to leave or that they were just going to let his contract lapse in seven years or mm-hmm. something like that just doesn't seem feasible or doesn't seem viable. And so I don't know is the answer to that. And, yeah. and maybe this this may – I can't help but feel like this has something to do with Texas coming to the SEC though, right? Ooh. I can't help but feel okay. like this has something to do with – um, you know, Texas is joining our league. Mm-hmm. We need to, and maybe that gave Jimbo Fisher's agent of saying, "Don't you want to make your coach feel like he's yeah, the head coach of the most say, preeminent that, program that in the state?" That five to ten percent, whatever that agent cut is, that's yeah. that is that's pretty interesting. That's like a, that, that he, he definitely deserves that. Well, cut. that's that's the thing is that yeah. the is that these agents work on the idea of how can I get my client more money because then I get more money, right? And so I'm sure they went to them, and 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 there's nothing that gets a And M. Regents and A and M, you know, people writ large, yeah. more riled up than mm, hey, you know, Texas is, is is around the corner. You might want to make your coach feel a little bit more appreciated, and sure. make him treat him as if he is the number one coach in the state of Texas, and if not America. Right. And and so I can't help but feel like that has something. There's there's at least a kernel of that because right. otherwise it just feels like something that you do, something that we've become part of the the culture of college football which is when you win we just pay you more and, right you know we don't really ask questions exactly so let's get into the picks this week but before we do this is the republic of football subscribe to us on apple spotify wherever you get your podcast if you would like to become a dave campbell's texas football subscriber feel free to do so i believe you they always hear greg's voice saying that repeatedly Go to, Texas, go to texasfootball.com. We got college pick'em. We got high school pick'em going on now. Uh, I know we had a, we had a little bit of a, a, a mishap on the college pick'em. That is up. That will be up every single week. Enter, I believe, is a $25 gift card for the, uh, for the weekly winners of both the college and the high school. So go have fun. It's football season. Let's do it. All right. Let's get into the picks. 
Are there games this weekend? Maybe. The, I, don't know. Do, I haven't. I haven't checked. I mean, L- UTEP's I, undefeated. So that's to right. me, that, the, the that's most important the season. Thing right is, there, we can probably fold up shop and right. just be like, "You'll just go back play by play." Yeah, we'll take one quarter at a time for the next four episodes and break down UTEP's win over New Mexico State. Right. I haven't checked lsufootball.net/slash/schedule.htm lately. Uh, so I don't know if there's games. Which, by oh, the way, buddy, that bookmark the, the the king. Yes, the actual king. That I is like the Texas bookmark. Fo- <laughs> I like TexasFootball.com. I too. love LSU LSUFootball.net. <laughs> net slash tv schedule yes dot htm that is <laughs> that's a free plug for the greatest website to ever exist during football season. And by the way like i joke about that but like you have to put that in that che- exact thing if you you can't take off the dot htm or right. it won't work it's the <laughs> it's weirdest a- one-off website but it it's still functions so good 100 it's perfect and that is exactly what i use to build the schedule right now <laughs> so 1 p.m on espn plus we have the Fighting Bloomgrins mm. at Arkansas. Rice at Arkansas. Arkansas is minus 19 and a half. Now, before I ask you what do you think about this game, uh, Bloomgren said something that worried me a lot this past week during the press conference. Uh, let me see if I can find the exact uh, thing right here from Steve Helwick on Twitter. Rice head coach Mike Bloomgren on the quarterback battle between Wiley Green and Luke McCaffrey. The people in Arkansas are going to see two quarterbacks this weekend. Now, mm. I don't know about you, mm. but when I heard that Luke McCaffrey was going to Rice, I was like, cool, there's their quarterback. Mm. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they don't have a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, if you got two quarterbacks, you got no quarterbacks. You got no quarterbacks. And so I don't know if that means Luke McCaffrey's not impressing or if Wiley Green is impressing, which all respect to Wiley Green. I feel like if Luke McCaffrey was the guy that we thought he is, he'd be starting. It makes me feel like he hasn't picked up. Maybe he hasn't. Let's 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 take the most generous assessment of that, yes. which is that he hasn't picked up the offense fully quite yet, and that sure. Wiley Green, because he's been in this program for longer, mm-hmm. is understands the offense more. Yes. Um, if Luke McCaffrey can't beat out Wiley Green for the job, Rice has pretty big problems. And this is saying this is speaking as somebody who thinks that Wiley Green is fine. I know there are people who don't think that, mm-hmm. uh, but that seems that seems a little bit troubling, uh, you know. And especially going up against a, you know, you're going up against an SEC team. Yes, going on the road, take on an SEC team and an SEC team that people think Sam Pittman's gotten them out of the at least gotten them out of the 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 ditch. Yeah. Like, they got some momentum behind them. They're not. They're not. Okay. Here's a hot take. Arkansas is not winning the SEC this year. Right. Okay. <laughs> but they could challenge for bowl eligibility mm-hmm. in the SEC. They could ruin someone's season. Mm-hmm. Right. We'll talk about a And M a little bit later. <laughs> but they could. They are good enough that on their best night they could ruin someone's season. Yes. And what's concerning to me is that their secondary looks like it's going to be pretty good mm-hmm. with a number of really strong. You know. Let's be honest, Texas guys, including Jalen Catalan, still mm-hmm. back there at the safety spot, um, and they're going to be they're going to be pretty darn good. Yeah. I think they're I think their defense is going to is going to lead the way a little bit early, especially in the secondary. Their front seven some work to do, mm-hmm. but they you would hope that McCaffrey would have won the job right away, so that they are going to be able to go out there and maybe make some noise against Arkansas. But that. That's troubling if they haven't landed on one guy. Yeah, I think that's why I'm going to go with Arkansas uh, to cover mm. because you right. Uh, don't get me wrong, Rice. I think I don't know if this is going to necessarily. Ch- if, if Luke McCaffrey was the guy, I would probably still take Arkansas because 
I don't think mm-hmm. the quarterback play is necessarily in this what with what Rice wants to do. We know they want to grind the ball. We know their their defense is going to be what they're going to hinge a lot on. It's what they did last year when they looked really impressive at times. It was because that defense really played up to their um, played up another level. And so I think that's going to be the case for the first couple games, regardless of who's at quarterback. And I just think that Arkansas's offense is going to be a little too much for that defense to start off. They they are going to work in. It sounds like. Uh, KJ Jefferson yes. is their guy, mm-hmm. and KJ Jefferson made one start. He's a pretty well thought after prospect, mm-hmm. but basically he hasn't been um, he hasn't been been you know he's taken over Felipe Franks and sure, but it, you know he's inexperienced. Yes, the best thing that you can hope for if, if if you're Arkansas is that things haven't clicked yet, and that the Rice defense, which I do think could be decent. Yes, you know I think the mm-hmm. Rice defense has a chance to be middle of the pack or better in Conference USA. Mm-hmm. You hope that you can take advantage of a couple of mistakes there. But I am – the other thing that I'm interested in watching is the Rice offensive line against this um, this defensive line for uh, – or rather, yeah, this defensive line for Arkansas because I feel like the defensive line for Arkansas is probably their weakness. Mm-hmm. And so maybe Rice can have a little bit of success running the ball, grind out some long long possessions and keep this score – keep this game close. Right. But I also feel like going on the road and playing against an SEC team is probably a bad bad news, especially when you don't have a quarterback you feel great about. So I'm probably leaning towards uh, Arkansas in the in the 19 and a half. Yeah. All right. Moving on to 3:30 on Big Fox. Now Number. hold on, hold on a second. Oh, oh. 3:30. Yes. Is that Eastern? Are you using Eastern time? I got these from. LSU LSU. Yeah. Okay, well then maybe you're right. It's God's time I thought zone. It was, okay, if it's at three thirty, then I I'm I'm gonna call. Yeah, I want to make sure it's God's time zone. Yeah, we don't looking, acknowledge. I'm looking three thirty. Yeah, three thirty central. God's time zone. All right, yeah, okay. culpa. <laughs> I'm just used to. I guess I'm just used to. And I guess that's right. Three thirty. Uh, the one o'clock threw me off because yeah, it's noon go. kickoff. That's where yeah. I'm at. I was like, wait a second. There's big supposed to be three Saturday. and a half hours. Big noon Saturday. Right. Um. So three thirty on Big Fox, number twenty three, Louisiana. At number 21, Texas, all gas, no brakes, kicking off Steve Sarkeesian era. Texas, minus eight. What, as a gambling degenerate, what are you thinking of that line? A lot of, lot of steam behind behind Steve Sarkeesian right now. Yeah. And, and, and maybe, okay. And Let's, starting quarterback Hudson Card. Yes. They've, they've got a guy, although yes. I, they said that, that uh, Casey Thompson will probably see some time. Yes. I don't know if he's saying that in order to make keep him out of the transfer portal. I, I that and I also I also hope that it's design packages as opposed mm-hmm. to we're going to run him in the second quarter as opposed to just sticking with a guy and having you know like I said just set plays for Casey Thompson to run. Let's take a step back. Yeah, if you are unfamiliar with Louisiana, um, they're super good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like. They're they're not they're sometimes that they like sometimes it feels like the AP or the rankings people throw in a team in the like the twenty five spot just to be like look we care about the little guys right Lu- there's an argument that Louisiana's underrated yeah here okay Louisiana's really good coming off their two best seasons in program history uh, they bring back quarterback Levi Lewis who was spectacular last year mm-hmm. I think that their defense has a chance to be excellent excellent uh, at all levels. Um, their defense is going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, they're a little light on the receivers and things like that. Make no mistake. I know that this is a Sun Belt team. Sorry, yeah. this is a Sun Belt team. But this is like, if they're not the class of the Sun Belt, mm-hmm. they are very close to the class of the Sun Belt. 
And if you think that this is your standard opener for, for a Big 12 team, like you're wrong. This is a team that is 100% capable of coming in and beating Texas. Yes. So what does this fall on? I think that this is a really interesting first test for Steve Sarkeesian and company. We know what they've got, right? We know they've got B. John Robinson. We know they've got Hudson Card. Uh, there are some questions as far as pass catchers are concerned. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's fair. But they are a team that offensively, they're going to get a very stiff test right out, of the, right out of the gate. I do feel like the Texas defense may, in fact, find a way to, to get some stops, and that's probably the reason that I lean a little bit towards Texas in this mm-hmm. game. But this is a team that if Texas comes out and they fall behind early, if they come out and they fart around, they are... 100% capable of losing this game. Yeah. I'm going to trust Steve Sarkeesian on seven months rest, right? Seven <laughs> months preparation for, for, Louis, for Louisiana. Yes. But I do think that this is a danger zone game for Texas that you could 100% talk about starting the new era on, on the bad foot. Right. I'm taking Louisiana outright. Whoa! <laughs> I think there are too many question marks as far as who is who's Hudson Card throwing to, mm-hmm. For I sure. think this is going to be a season where we they're forced to rely on Bijan Robinson a lot. I think that defensively, they have the potential to be really good, right? I do think me and John talked about this before in a past episode where I do think they have the potential to be second best defense in the Big Twelve if they hit some of their ceilings. I think Baylor and then I think that's Texas and TCU are right. Um I think TCU's next and then Texas. But and Iowa State there. But I think if Texas hits their ceiling, they could have a chance to be that next step. Mm-hmm. I just see too many questions about that offense. And Steve Sarkeesian, I do think is one of the best offensive minds in college football easily. I don't think he fixes it in one year. I don't, and much less, I don't think he fixes it in one game. Mm. I think that Hudson Card is his first collegiate start. I think that if I don't want to say, you know, you should have started Casey Thompson because he played, he had experience. But I think I would have more confidence in a guy who's been in the game, who's played in a meaningful game against Colorado and looked really good. And if Steve Sarkeesian just looked at it and said, look, here's Hudson Card, and he's going to be the starter next year, so might as well put him in now, sure. Okay, fine. Then that, that, I have no problem with that. But this is a ranked Louisiana team. This is a Louisiana team that I believe twice didn't we didn't get a chance to see them against Coastal Carolina last year because they got, I think the game got uh, postponed and canceled twice. And so very much we could, be, we could have been looking at a top 15 Louisiana team last year. They returned so much. Levi Lewis, I think, is going to have a big game. But most of all, I think Steve Sarkeesian can talk about, oh, we're not overlooking anybody. We're not. We've seen this story before. Mm. And it's, it's not, it's not, I don't want to compare it to Maryland because they're not Maryland where they're just going to catch them off guard. But I do think there is a sense of how good is Louisiana, right? Ah, uh, how good is this team from the Sun Belt? I was watching the, the, the press conference this week. There were zero questions about Louisiana. And I know that's, that's us, you know, media doing that and not Steve Sarkeesian talking about that. But I do think there's a lot of like oh, we're worrying about us and kind of yeah, Louisiana's there. I think there I get that kind of sense around things. So I'm going to take Louisiana, and I don't think this is going to be a letdown loss for Texas because I think that this is a game that Texas could very well lose. Yeah. Like this is a good Louisiana team against a Texas team that let me is ranked by reputation kind of and not really by what we're really 
sure. expecting of them. So go, go ahead. Well, what look, you... I think there's. I think a lot of this comes down to they're going to need some sort of receiver to step up. Yes, right, hundred percent. Jordan Whittington, mm-hmm. Josh Moore, Cade Brewer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Calvante Dixon, maybe. Yeah, guys yeah. like that, right? There's plenty of talent at the receiver spot, but it's all unproven, right? right. I guess what I'm asking is, are you saying Texas is not back? <laughs> Uh, Texas is back a, to play next week. We need a back meter. We <laughs> need just Chris Berman saying yeah, back. Back, 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 back. Yeah, that's what we need. Um, Aren't you guys glad this is my only episode of Republican football? <laughs> Steering this thing into the ditch. So, yeah, uh, I guess we're split on that okay, one. I'm are. going with Louisiana outright. I'm, I'm right. taking Texas by about 10. Okay. I think they win this game, and I think that it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a statement win there for, uh, for the long run. Yes. And Steve Sarkeesian gets off on the good foot, because mm-hmm. if he doesn't, if, if, here's the thing. Yeah. If they lose this game, if yeah. you're right, and I think that there's a fair chance you are, mm-hmm. if they lose this game, then like the the reaction is going to be so the reaction will not be in line with how good Louisiana is. Sure, because you and I it'll be like oh how, it's Maryland all over right. Again. You yeah, and I yeah. know how good Louisiana is. Yeah. They're very good guys, mm-hmm. but. We also know that that's not how the outside is going to view us. Be like, you lost to a team from the Sun Belt. Right. And now, and then they go to Arkansas next week. Mm-hmm. And that's not an easy game either. So, no. you know, it'll, uh, the narratives, the narrative machine's going to be in full. Uh, if they win, I'll say this much. If they win, oh my gosh, they beat a ranked team yeah. in Steve Sarkeesian's first game. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, everything's fixed. But anyway, uh, this one, hopefully you don't have to spend too much time on this one. Uh, 3.30, also on 3.30, also at 3.30 at the same time as Texas. ESPN 3. The non-paid uh, version the of the tr- online. The trace. Yes. Northwestern State at North Texas. No line for this one, but I have simple. I have a couple questions for you. Mm-hmm. What are you looking for, and why haven't they picked a quarterback either? Uh, <laughs> because from all indications, it'll be both Jace Rudder and Austin Alney. Yeah, I don't understand that. I yeah. mean, now, the, the um, again, the, the read on that in uh, the most generous read is that they feel good about both of them and they don't want to, they don't, especially in a game like this, that they should walk over. Right. Um, they, they don't feel like they need to, to exclude somebody. Right. Um, I think it's going to be end up, I, I'm, a, I'm an Austin Ani stand. I think he's pretty good. I think good. he's like, I think I he think was he's good. Very solid. Yeah. Um, what I want to see is I want to see DeAndre Torrey go nuts. Yes. I want to see the running game go crazy. I think that's going to be – and I want to see how this offensive line, which does have a lot of work to do to put themselves back together, mm-hmm. I want to see how they operate. Um, and furthermore, you know, I would like to see the – I would like to see the secondary take a step forward. We think the secondary has is, – is, is what's been holding them back. Mm-hmm. I want to see them do what – Oh, wow. I can't believe I'm about to say this. Oh, no. I want to see them do what UTEP did, which is take a (laughs) – play a team that you're better than and dominate them. Sure. And and I don't want to see some game where it's fifty six thirty five. Okay, I don't want to see them giving up these big plays. What I want to see is the, a defense that has very clearly taken a step. Yeah. Because nobody expects them to be great. They just have to be fine. Mm-hmm. And I want to see that defense be fine against a new, Northwestern State team that you should you should overwhelm in this game. Right. I think, unfortunately, we will see a lot of DeAndre Torrey because I believe uh, Oscar Attaway was supposed to be kind of splitting carries in the backfield mm-hmm. towards ACL this past week, so he will be out. I believe he had, let me see, 572 yards as a freshman um, through seven games, so he was supposed to be a big, big, big player. Um, so, unfortunately, it'll be a lot on the load of DeAndre Torrey, but it's good enough to do it. I expect, of course, them to win very comfortably. But like you mentioned, it's about 
impressing. It's yeah. about meeting those expectations and surpassing that. Style points matter. Here. Style points matter. Mm-hmm. All right. Actually, ooh, I'm going to hold off on this one. I'm not going to even mention what game it was yet. I'm going to hold off into it. So uh, 6 p.m. ESPN Plus. Big big 6 p.m. slate yeah. this week. ACU at SMU. Mm-hmm. Again, no line. But what are you looking for? Tanner Mordecai named the starter, which I think was not that big of a surprise. No. I think, you know, Preston Stone's obviously the future. But I think uh, Sonny Dykes wants some experience coming in there. Somebody who he knows can handle the offense. And I think we'll see Prince Spencer Stone, obviously, in this game. But uh, later in the game. What are you seeing for? What are you thinking about for SMU? Uh, I mean, obviously, I want to see what Tanner Mordecai looks in the Sunny Dykes offense, mm-hmm. and and the tools have always been there. It's just a matter of, of getting to see them. I, I want to see. I would. I want to see. I mean, honestly, I want to see how up to speed Reggie Roberson is. Yeah, you yeah, that's I mean? a good one. I mean, this is a guy who who suffered a, a, an injury last year. Um, a, a knee injury. Mm-hmm. All reports are that hey, we're we're ready to roll. Mm-hmm. And if he goes out there, that is a guy that, even though they're better than ACU and they probably should win this game, mm-hmm. if he puts up big numbers, yeah, that's going to get me excited. Of like, all right, SMU's back. Like, like the, they they've got the they've they put the fireworks factory back together. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see that. I want to see them run the ball effectively. Uh, stuff like that. Ultimately, I want to see them go out there. And then the other thing is that look. ACU, as as you can read in the 2021 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, I up. Um, ACU is not lunch meat. Yeah, and they're an offense that can challenge you. Mm-hmm. And so I want to see their defense, most especially, put pressure on the quarterback, get in the backfield, and then I want to see. You know, I think there's a fair argument that two of their best players are uh, are in the secondary, in Armani Johnson and, and Brandon Crossley. Bring those guys back, dominate these teams, lock them down, and, and do what you need to do. I, I think that for you know for Abilene Christian uh, is obviously coming in upset-minded, mm-hmm. but I would love to see SMU go out there and shut down what does have an opportunity to be a pretty darn good offense. Yeah. I think for me, I think, of course, Tanner Mordecai and what he looks like is going to be a huge factor, but I'm curious about that backfield mm-hmm. because SMU last year had to ride, a, had to ride Ulysses Bentley a lot. Yeah. T.J. McDaniel was out, uh, uh, and and I think Ulysses Bentley wasn't. He's not the workhorse back, right? He is a guy who can be explosive, can be relied on, but theoretically, you'd want him to be that third down, that long, you know, that 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 versatile back that you have that you don't want to give thirty carries to a game, and that's kind of what he was forced to be. Last no, you year. want him to have like ten to twelve carries. Right. You know, I want. I want. Here, let me put it this way. I think the best way of using Ulysses Bentley is fifteen touches a game, yeah. and only like. 10 carries you know sure. like yeah. 10 yeah, yeah, yeah. handoffs like 100%. i want to get him a screen i yeah. want to you know things like that or end arounds things exactly like that. so you have tj mcdaniel back you have tyler levine back you now bring in trey siggers from unt mm-hmm. i think they have they have a stable that running back backfield is four deep i want to see how they use all those guys because they're all good enough to play and that's going to be interesting. Do they line up uh, Ulysses Bentley in the slot a little bit? Do they, you know, who's the feature back? I think TJ McDaniel was lined up to be that guy last mm-hmm. year before he got hurt. Is he still the guy? Trey Siggers comes in. Now you have another D1 uh, top tier caliber running back coming in. I'm curious to see what that part of the offense looks like because we're used to seeing SMU as this, you know, Sonny Dykes, you know, uh, variation of the air raid. But now they have balance, and that's kind of what's made SMU really. Uh, potent on offense the past couple of years is that balance. Now they add even more reliability in that backfield. 
What does that look like? That's going to be the thing I'm going to watch for me. Um, I will. One thing about Abilene Christian. Mm-hmm. This is a team that's going to have some explosive weapons. I think they're better than their record indicated from last year. I don't think they're a one in five. They, you know, they were a one in five team, but I don't know if they they are necessarily a one in five team in right. that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, what I would like to see from them is big plays, and this is a good challenge for this SMU defense that we think is probably holds the key to them contending in the AAC. Mm-hmm. All righty. Other 6 p.m. game. This one, because I believe we have the SWAC preview man. Let's go! <laughs> the man who wrote the Finally! SWAC preview. <laughs> who wrote the SWAC preview for the Dave Campbell's fall magazine, summer magazine, sorry, for the fall season. Prairie View AM at Texas Southern, the Labor Day classic on ESPN Plus. Let's run through it really quick. What are you thinking, Greg? Well, you preview both these teams. I did. <laughs> uh, this is the, do you know this is the second time they've played in five months? That's right, because they played, they in, played March. in March. Yeah, geez, they played in nuts. March. That is that, nuts. This is bizarre. <laughs> Second time they played in five months. Um, okay, Prairie View A and M is your heavy favorite for yeah. a couple of reasons. One is that they're just a lot better, and yeah. I think their defense actually has a chance. When I was talking uh, with Coach Eric Dooley, he was really geeked up about their their defense, and especially the front seven guys mm. like Story Jackson and Jason Dumas. They're going to be really, really good. They they like what they got in the quarterback spot and uh, Drazon Connolly, who kind of flashed at times last mm-hmm. year. Um, taking on Texas Southern, and and I want to be okay. Mm. I like I I this is this this was the second straight year I wrote the the swack uh, story so I, I I talked with Clarence McKinney and I love talking with Clarence McKinney yeah he is a good dude and I'm rooting for him but he hasn't won a game yeah okay it's now now bad. you're gonna look at their record and you're gonna be like oh they went one and two last year that one was a forfeit okay yeah. they have not won a game on the field he feels like they're moving in the right direction. They've certainly got some playmakers that make you feel like that. Ladarius Owens, their running back, Michael Deo, their defensive end. But they are, in my opinion, and especially on the defensive side, still at – they just still do not have a swack quality roster right now. Plain and simple. They just have not gotten the guys on campus that they need to. They've been very active in the transfer portal trying to get guys in. But – this is a team that's just, I mean, yay to be mean, but it's like they're just under-talented. They right. do not have enough horses to run with the, the teams in the SWAC that figure like they're going to be in the mix. You know, the teams like, plain and simple, Preview. Preview, yeah. I think, has a chance to be one of those, one of those sleepers in, in, in the SWAC. And so I don't necessarily, I mean, it's a fun game. Mm-hmm. And is that energy? Is that right? I believe so. Um, no, actually, it can't be because I believe Texas Tech and Houston are playing at the same time. That is true. Um, it's a BBVA. It BBVA. is in Houston. Okay, it's at, the, it's at the Dynamo Stadium. Yes. Um, I would love for this to be a super fun game, mm-hmm. as fun as, like, the actual, like, being at the game atmosphere is. Right. But uh, but it, I don't think it's going to be. I think Prairie View probably rolls. In yeah, I think Texas Southern is one of those programs that really, really took a hit from the season set up last year. Mm-hmm. Of course, he had kind of people talk about year zeros under first year head coaches. Of course, he had that in 2019, just kind of clearing things out, trying to make things happen. And then last year, I mean, you just you can't really count what happened no. last year. It's just like they played football in the spring, and you mentioned it. One of the games is a forfeit. They played just, two games. They on played the field. two games exactly. And one of them so, was against Prairie View. And it's like you're expecting to see like you know marked improvement from that. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, they might be better this year, but like you mentioned, this is a tough game to come out against. Yeah, I think so. I, I think I, I would have loved to see them play in their opener against a, a team more in the bottom of the swag, a team right. like a Mississippi Valley State or something. Sure. But unfortunately, it's just it's it's the way of the world. I mean, if you want to go into swag, I think the swag has a chance to be really good this year. It's super yeah. top heavy. Like sure. there are a few teams in there that are going to be really good, and, and Prairie View's got a chance to crash that party. 
Yeah. Anyway, enough swap talk. Sorry. You got me geeked up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Also at 6 p.m., like you mentioned, big slate on 6 p.m. 6 p.m. ESPN Plus, get the wallet out. Baylor at Texas State. Baylor is minus 14. Tell me why Texas State's winning this game outright. Oh, why are you doing I'm not. <laughs> I'm not even doing that. I'm going to tell you right now. I think Baylor's going to cover, but this is the but. Mm-hmm. It's going to be because of that Baylor defense. I am, I, I'm not confident in Gary Bohannon. I am confident in Jeff Grimes. Mm-hmm. I think he will fix this offense, and by the end of the year, this offense will be something. I think in November, this offense will be something else that it will not be in week one. I think Texas State's defense is remodeled a bit. They're not injured, which they were a lot last year. The secondary is better. Uh, Jaron Morris, I know, was hurt, but regardless, the depth chart came out. Jaron Morris is like their nickel. Like they, they're good enough to like not have him be the number one guy. I think that defense is going to be better than they were last year. Not enough to really take the game to Baylor, but enough to mm-hmm. make that offense have some questions. Right? I would not be shocked to see if we see Jacob Zeno. I don't think they. I don't think we will, but I will not be shocked. Offensively, as good as I think Texas State can be, Baylor is just that good on defense. I think they have the best linebacker in the state. They have the best uh, defense in the Big 12, potentially. That's going to be the issue. I think I see this game being 21-3, like kind of around there. Mm-hmm. Um, 24-7, kind of that, that range. I, think, I don't think it's going to be high scoring. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I do think Baylor's going to cover. I think this is going to be a bit of a slog. Yeah. I think this is going to be a bit of a rock fight of yeah. two offenses that are still probably trying to find their, their way and mm-hmm. trying to figure out what happens. I mean, let's also talk about um, the, the fact that Texas State has the most experienced quarterback in this game. Yeah, and Brady McBride. That's not going to be. That's not going to. Uh, that's not a. Yeah, I think I tweeted that out when they announced Gary Bohannon when I was saying it's not every day that they play a Power Five school that was in the Big Twelve Championship a couple years ago and is has the better quarterback. Has Texas a, State. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that you're spot on. You've got you've got two offenses that I think are are, are going to be feeling it out early in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no doubt. I think you're right that Jeff Grimes is going to get that kind of wide zone offense going, but yeah. that's not something that you just like go into the settings and change the offense no. of scheme like it's going to be it's going to take some time and if Gary Bohannon can't make can't make throws then that's going to be a, a little bit of an issue right. um I do think the Texas State defense coupled with the Baylor offense is going to be able to keep the Bobcats in this game mm-hmm. but I think that you're right I think that in the end this comes down to who has the better defense that's going to be Baylor and, and I feel like they're probably going to cover the 14 I am sorry to my mom who's a strutter Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I've got to go with Baylor. Man, it's going to be rocking. Uh, Bobcat Stadium is going to be, uh, you know, hopefully a capacity. We'll see. I, okay, I will just say this. Yeah. Let's say this gets into squeaky bum time, into the fourth Ooh, quarter. okay. Okay, let's just say that uh, Baylor farts around. They, yeah. screw, they screw up on special teams a couple times. The mm-hmm. offense really gets going, right? And suddenly you're, you're talking it's 21-20 into the fourth quarter, right? Right. I mean, the team that's more veteran, oh, the team that's more experienced, and man. the team that's probably that's going to have the leader at the helm that you trust under fire. You're trying to trying to do something here with is them Bobcats trying to get. I'm me. just saying, you've got to get you've got to get there first. Got to get there get first. first. Yes, but yes. if this game gets into the fourth quarter and it's close, yeah. Who do I trust to close? <sighs> I think I trust those Spav boys. <laughs> 
The spab boys. I don't know Hashtag if I like that or not. Spab boys. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to catch on. I don't know if I want that to catch on. Trademark, uh, Greg <laughs> Really quick. Also on ESPN3, Tarleton at SFA, the fighting Kobe Carthos, and the self-dubbed uh, fall Southland champions <laughs> last year Love when it. they won a game, I believe, a conf- mm-hmm. or two conference games. I can't remember what, what they won. Um, we don't touch on that. You can, if you, unless you want to comment. Um, of course, Tar- I think they played two years ago. Tarleton lost by... I think nine. It was very close mm-hmm. before Tarleton made the official jump to uh, Division One. Um, but what are you looking to see from the fight in Kobe Carthos versus the upstart Tarleton Texans? Yeah, I am. Uh, Tarleton was such an inconsistent. They had such an inconsistent season last year. But if you want to talk about for a sub FBS sub FBS teams yeah. that had none of them were normal, right. but they had they played the most. Mm-hmm. They got the most reps. I mean. SFA played 10 games. Yeah. Tarleton played eight. Yeah. Like, this was... Um, and by the way, they both played in the fall, too, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Tarleton played in the fall? I, uh, I Let me double check on that. I think Tarleton I'm, played I'm, It's spring. all coming back to me now. Oh, no. Wait, hold on. That was... Sorry. Are they playing this, this year? I want to say they played in the fall. In any case. No, they played in the spring. They played in the spring. Okay. Yeah. What I'm saying is, this. these are two teams that are relatively... Everyone's got a lot of... Um, a, a lot of veterans back this year, mm-hmm. but these are teams that have a lot of veterans with a lot of experience in there. I think this game has a chance to be pretty pointsy. Mm-hmm. Two offenses that I think are going to get going: Xavier Gibson and, and Trey Self for, for SFA, uh, Tariq Betson and Stephen Duncan, the quarterback there for, for Tarleton. I think this game's going to be pointsy. I'm probably leaning towards SFA being at home. I'm going to say go with the Woods. I'm curious about in in relation to this game because. The thing that worried me when I heard a lot of FCS programs are playing in the spring, mm-hmm. the carryover, mm-hmm. right? You mentioned it. Tarleton played just shy of a full schedule in the spring. How does that carry over? A lot mm-hmm. of these guys, you know, they have usually a year to recuperate. Mm-hmm. SFA did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm wondering how, you know, does, does Trey Self look completely fresh because he had a full year, right? Jaquarian Turner, these guys for SFA. Does Kobe Carthol, did Kobe Carthol like, I think that was part of the reason why they tried to play as much of a schedule as they could in the fall is so he can focus on the spring is just like retooling, camp, things like that, as opposed to, oh, by the way, it's March, we got to play. Yeah. Right? So I'm one, I don't know. That's what I'm curious about. Because, of course, with the, with the, the SWAC game we talked about, they both played in the spring, so that's going to be kind of an equal playing field. This is going to be one of the tests of, okay, we had one in the fall, one in the spring. Does I don't want to say fatigue because, of course, they've, they're rested, but like how just how wear and tear eventually over time, does that mm-hmm. catch up at all to Tarleton versus SFA? Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe. This is a really nice case study in that because yeah. you've got two teams that played relatively full seasons because so you can't say, oh, well, they, they barely played in the fall, mm-hmm. you know, the spring. Yeah. Tarleton played eight games. Um, does the fact that Stephen F. Austin's been sitting around since November – right? play into that that's 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 very interesting um, yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna um yeah I, I i lean towards sfa in this one mm-hmm. all right six thirty. utsa at illinois the fighting burt bielema's burt brett burt bielema the one and oh the one and oh illinois fighting the illinois. people that probably fired scott frost illinois mm-hmm. <laughs> illinois is minus five and a half that is an enticing enticing line let me just say this for the record if utsa beats illinois it's not an upset okay Ooh, okay okay i mean i i think that i share the 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 sentiment of the entire dave campbell's texas football crew yes. when i say we think utsa is going to cook this year yes we think they have a chance to be very very good mm-hmm. now illinois 
went out there at home in the weird week zero, and they beat Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And you're probably thinking, wow, a Big Ten win? Uh, great for Brett Bielema. Clearly things are going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I feel like we don't give enough credit to the fact that Nebraska might stink. They, they might be bad. They that, have, that, that looks like a train wreck. They right have now. Adrian Martinez and... By the way, I saw a tweet that said like Pause there's been a Martinez. There's been a Martinez like starting for like the past twenty years <laughs> in Nebraska. And, and Adrian Martinez is good, right? But like everything else, and so I like I watched a lot of that. Uh, spoiler, like I should give full disclosure. My dad's an Illini. My dad's okay. an Illinois grad, so I have a soft spot for the Illini. So he's full on board with, with oh, Brett Bielema. He's feeling it with Brett Bielema <laughs> right now. This is now, and, and what's funny is that if you watched Illinois, mm-hmm. they did look a lot like the. Wisconsin mm. Brett Bielema teams. Right. And I suppose the same thing happened at Arkansas that just didn't work in the SEC, which is they're going to line it up and they're going to run it at you. Mm-hmm. It's, they're going to they're run, then they're going to run, and they're going to run some more, and they're going to run a little play action. Right. And they're on their backup quarterback because their, their starting quarterback got hurt. And this is, I don't remember the, the, the kid's name. He's got a very Midwestern name. Mm. It sounds like something straight out of like a like a National Lampoon's movie. Uh, um, Brandon Peters. No, the other, yeah, that's, that was a starter. Oh, that was um, a, um, uh, Sikowski? Yes, yeah, yeah, Sikowski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Like yeah. CJ Sikowski or something. <laughs> I don't know. And so he got – and so he gets – Tim. Tim Sikowski, I think it is. Uh, Arthur. Arthur. Art. Jeez. Art Sikowski. Yeah, that's Art the Sitkowski. one. Okay. Art Sikowski. Okay. Art Sikowski. And he came in and was fine. Yeah. But – they had they 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 were not. I mean, they were the better team than Nebraska, but I don't think that's saying a ton. Mm-hmm. I think UTSA is going to be able to move the ball. I think they're going to be able to score a little bit. It's going to be the onus is going to be on that front seven mm. to hold up and get them into passing downs, yes. get them into third and eleven, third and seven, things like that, and force them to know that you're you're asking the backup quarterback to go out there and throw the ball. Because mm. now I don't think that that Brandon Peters is going to play. He was in a sling on the sideline, so I have mm-hmm. a hard time believing he's going to play. Yeah. So I think UTSA can win this game. A prob it's probably asking them a lot for them to go to Illinois and get a win. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Illinois outright, but okay. I'm gonna take UTSA to cover. I think they're gonna beat the five and a half. Is it five and a half? It's five and a half. Five and a half. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take. I think they lose by about a field goal. Yeah. I think this game is close and it's 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 nitty gritty. But I think that UTSA can hang in this game. I think I'm with you. I think I'm taking Illinois outright, but UTSA to cover. I think the difference is gonna be. Well, I don't want to say the difference, but the key is gonna be Illinois' front seven was pretty good against mm-hmm. Nebraska. Mm-hmm. They're going to probably play the best running back they've played all year. And that's saying something. <laughs> wow. Against, they played Nebraska. Think about what we're saying. No, sorry. That they're going to play all yeah. year. Yeah. Like, they're, they're in the Big Ten, right? And this yeah. is – Sincere McCormick is going to be the best running back they probably race all year. That's insane to say. Amazing but true. Yeah. Amazing but I have no So, notes. I think that it's going to come down to – and they uh, – can't – what UTSA does at quarterback – Right, mm-hmm. because Frank Harris, as we know, there's so many times. There's so many times last year where teams realized he's not going to throw past the first down marker, mm-hmm. and then there were some games where he did, and the offense opened up. Sincere McCormick got his yards, and it was like, okay, here's more of this offense, and then kind of reverted back. He was so inconsistent. Frank Harris was, and I think they need that compliment because. Illinois is not going to be surprised when Sincere McCormick gets 30 touches, right? The good thing about him, though, is that he's been able to generate those yards even when the team teams know they can stack 8-9 in the box, try to stop him. They don't. But 
I think the front seven for UTSA is going to be really beaten down because mm-hmm. that's what uh, Brad Bielema teams do. I think they're good enough to hold their own, but when it gets to the third, fourth quarter, is that off- that UTSA offense going to be able to stay on the field enough to give their defense some rest because mm-hmm. they're going to be getting these, you know, these halfback dives, these play actions for every single mm-hmm. drive. And if UTSA's defense can force them into passing situations, then I think Rashad Wisdom – and they have playmakers on the back end to even make some plays. But I think it's about that offense staying on the field. I think UTSA needs to be able to have some balance to be able to give them some frustrations. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. I'm taking Illinois outright, but I will say UTSA covers. I hope, hope, hope that we finally see the Frank Harris that I think we've been wanting to see. Because there is, there is a dyn- dynamite player in there. And he's flashed it. He has. So many times. We've seen it. <laughs> yeah. If he can harness that. Yeah. If he can harness that then he's the game changer. And he's the guy that could take them from, like, darling of Conference USA, like, sexy pick, to, Mm -hmm. like, legit murder machine. Yes. Like, if he gets going, then, like, I don't know. I'd I'd love to see it. I'm going to take Illinois outright, but I do think UTSA keeps this thing close. All righty. Let's move on to 7. Like I said, there's one more 6 o'clock game, but we're going to save that one for last. 7 o'clock. Kent State at Texas A&M. Up everything about Kent State. <laughs> Jimbo Fisher and his money bags are minus twenty eight and a half. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess there's no spoilers to say we're both taking A and M. But what are you looking for? I don't know. I'm leaning towards the flashes. Ah, oh, you're, you're thinking um, about thinking upset pick here. Let's okay. see if I can find anything. The money about getting Kent to Jimbo State. Fisher's head. Let's see. Kent State. They're in the in. Well, now I will say they're this in Ohio, about right? Kent State. Yes. <laughs> they're like I don't know. I will say this about Kent State. Yeah. They got a quarterback. Dustin Crum okay. can play. Sure. Okay. Dustin Crum was very good last year mm-hmm. and has a chance to challenge this A&M defense, yes. which I think is good. Mm-hmm. I think we— I Sean think, Lewis is a pretty good head coach. Yes. Like he's he's yes. shown to be one of the top young coaches in the, in the league. In I the think we want—I think that in a—like as— as people who are looking at A&M thinking they have an opportunity to, to make the playoff, right? Mm-hmm. I think you want to see them punched in the mouth mm. in a controlled setting, okay? Mm, that's good. You yeah. want to see them spar. You mm. want to see them what happens when they get punched in the mouth. And Dustin Crum is good enough to punch them in the mouth, mm-hmm. okay? A&M is in no danger of losing this game. Right. Mark this. And, and, and uh, hello at Old Takes Exposed. I was, right. I was about to say that, yeah. A&M is in no danger of losing to, at home to Kent State. Right. But if you can see them get punched in the mouth, if you can see them and maybe their defense is able to challenge Haynes King mm-hmm. and able to go out there and make him work a little bit, uh, maybe he forces him to, to make some throws that are difficult, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a Kent State team uh, whose defense... Uh, is going to be butt. Yeah. They're going to be bad. And so this is, to me, I want to see Haynes King go out there and look like he is in control of this offense and look like he understands the offense as a whole. We know he can make the throws. That's mm-hmm. not up for debate. Right. The question is, it, does he does he grasp the entire offense and the nuances that it's very complicated? And this is, a this is I think, a great opener in yeah. the sense that this is a team that is not, this is not, we're going to talk about, Poor Duquesne here in a moment. This is not Duquesne, <laughs> right? Right. This is not Bethune Cookman. This is a team that's got a pulse mm-hmm. and they can throw a punch. Yeah. Get punched and then react. A and M rolls by 
40 or right. something like that. Yeah, I think so. I think that last year, Kent State was, I believe they were one of the best at getting to the quarterback, but they lost everybody. Everyone. They're 120th in returning production. So Kent State, that team, that, that defensive line, I believe they were first in sack rate on standard downs, if I'm not. Yeah, first in sack rate and standard downs, and first in sack rate. They're defensive. They're in like sixth in sack rate, I think, mm-hmm. overall sack rate. Um, but again, they lost everybody. They're 115th in returning defensive production. So they lost everybody, right? But like you mentioned, this is a good head coach and Sean Lewis. They have a good quarterback. They're going to be able to get at AM, right? First couple drives exchanged. Would not be surprised to see 7 nothing, and then maybe 7 nothing. You know, maybe up 7 nothing or 7-7, seven, 10-7, seven, seven, right? Mm-hmm. You expect second, the first, third. I could absolutely see our friends at Texags. Yeah. The, the forms blowing up. Oh, it's at ten the three end of the first, yeah. first quarter. <laughs> yeah. It's ten seven, and like maybe there was a fumble or right. something. Like Kent State's got the ball and they're driving. And everyone's like, "Oh my god!" Haynes, did we, did Haynes. We make a mistake by giving Jimbo Fisher that that extension. Haynes King throws an early pick right. or something. Yeah, yeah, relax. It'll be fine. <laughs> they're, gonna, they're gonna roll. Right. But this is a good, controlled, measured punch in the face, I like that, especially yeah. against an offense. Uh, especially with, you know, look at the cover of our magazine. Yeah. We think the A&M defense has a chance to be great. If they go out there and they shut down Kent State, it's not shutting down Alabama. But what it is, is it's going out there and facing a good quarterback and a good running game and an overall very solid offense and and imposing your will on them. Yes. That would be a, that would, to me, there's a lot to learn from this game. Yes. This isn't, you know, some other games we're about to talk about. Yeah. All right. So speaking of those games, we're not going to learn much about. <laughs> uh TCU, or sorry, Duquesne at TCU, uh, ESPN Plus, 7 p.m. Um, you know, TCU's going to win. Uh, what are you looking for? I think they should flex their muscles. Uh, for all indications, I believe uh, Zach Evans is going to miss a quarter or something. I don't know. He had some team rule violation. Um, he's going to miss the start of the game. I assume he'll be in sometime in the second half. Uh, doesn't matter. They won't need him. <laughs> so what are you looking for from TCU in this game? Now. So unsurprisingly, there's no spread. So, um, Ishmael Johnson, what state is Duquesne in? Chicago? That's not a state. It's Illinois? Sorry, I'm blanking. No, Pittsburgh. It's in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania? No. That was not even top five. Yeah. Uh, they're in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Did you know that they went 4-0 in the, re- in, the, in the spring regular season and played in the – they hosted the inaugural uh, Northeast Conference Championship game oh, where they that. lost in overtime to Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart earned the FCS playoff berth. Sure. Did not know that. There you go. There's some cool things. Uh, <laughs> other cool things about this, yeah. uh, Jerry Schmidt is their coach. Uh, they do return all 22 starters from last year's spring season because uh, they weren't really going to transfer anywhere. don't think that matters, but that's cool. Um, <laughs> elsewhere, um, Duquesne is scheduled to travel to Florida State to open the 2022 campaign with a return trip to Hawaii also scheduled. Hey, season. okay. Um, okay, good for them. I want to see the... TCU defense, because let's also remember, mm-hmm. and, and, and this is not as bad as you have, yeah. but there have been times where TCU has gone out there and f- played with their food in openers yes. yeah. and, and not looked great. I want to see this defense flex. I want to mm-hmm. see this defense look like a team uh, look like a team that could have the best defense in the Big Ten, yes. Big 12. Um, I think that's really critical here, how they look. I think the offense is going to be just fine, which is strange to say. I think the offense, especially in this opener, is going to be just fine. Um, I think Max Duggan's going to go out there and do what he needs to do. I think the receiving core is going to probably have one or two breakout players that we're really excited about at the end of the day. 
I want to see this defense. Um, this is all eyes on the TCU defense. I want to yes. see them get back to playing Gary Patterson style, knock you in the mouth, take the ball away defense. Yeah. And and this is a good opportunity to do that against a Duquesne team that does return to all twenty two starters and uh, returns first team all NEC quarterback Joe Mishler. <laughs> Interesting. Sure. There you go. He should be O'Shawn Mathis lunch. Uh, that's exactly <laughs> right. He should be swallowed whole by O'Shawn Mathis. Yeah, Kari Coleman, Dylan Horton, those guys. I want, like you mentioned, I want to see that pass rush. Yes. And specifically, those front, that front four getting to the quarterback. I want to see this defense absolutely dominate, which I think they could. Again, it's been a while since TCU's had that dynamic star defensive lineman. I think O'Shawn Mathis could be that, and I think he's going to lead a very good unit. I don't think. Uh, hopefully, this will be a game where you look at the first quarter. Cool, twenty-one nothing. Twenty-one nothing, and then go watch this next game. Right. So, uh, eight p.m. ESPN Plus, Bethune Cookman at UTEP. Mm-hmm. So um, we mentioned. Actually, hold on. Let me let me start off with this. I found this. Qu- I found this out. Uh, Greg, do you know the last time UTEP was potentially two zero? Boy. <laughs> Not in the Dane Dimmel era. Nope. Um, probably not in the Sean Coogler era. It's definitely not in the Sean Coogler era. Was Mike Price their coach? Mike Price was their coach. I'm going to say 2013. Ooh, buddy. You wish. 2005. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 2005. The last time TCU was – because the problem is they get they always they were always scheduled a money game. And so it was That's like, right. cool, Texas week two, yes. right? It was like, it was always one of those. Mm-hmm. So in, two, let me see if I can find it exactly, uh, right here, New Mexico State, and they upset Houston, 44-41. And they started 3-0 actually that year. They beat New Mexico that next week. So uh, UTEP has the first has chance to be 2-0 for the first time in almost 20 years. So That's insane. And they're going to be. <laughs> and they're going to be. And they're going to be. They're going to beat Bethune-Cookman. Yeah. Uh, Bethune-Cookman did not play at all last year. They were one of those teams that just didn't. Mm. They, they, they haven't played since 2019. Um, now, this is a to, – to me, I just go back to what we were talking about off the top. Yeah. There's so many things moving in the right direction. We didn't even mention Gavin Hardison, who was – very solid. Mm-hmm. That's all you need when you have the running game back there. And you have uh, Jacob Cowing out wide receiver. Exactly. You got yeah. Jacob Cowing out wide. And if that defense is going to take a step forward, uh, they should. I think they should win this game. You know, it probably, you know what, you know what, you know what this is going to be? Hmm. They're probably due to let us down because it's been yeah. a minute. And yeah. so they're going to win this game like 35 21, and we're going to be real annoyed. I'm, like, real annoyed. I'm annoyed right now. Yes. We're going to be real annoyed. But it's going to be a night game at yeah. the Sun Bowl. It's going to be beautiful. And uh, yeah, is it on ESPN Plus? It is on ESPN Plus. I might crack a beer and uh, enjoy myself a little I'll bit of Mighty Bowl. I'll take a peek. Listen, they're going to be the first 2 0 team, the first and only 2 0 team mm-hmm. in the state of Texas when we come and record this. Well, I right. won't record it, but um, <laughs> yeah. next week. And All we right. should relish in that. All right. Now. Last game. I can hear Red Raider fans. I can hear Cougar fans. Georgia, Clemson, let's go. All right. <laughs> I can hear them yelling, why haven't you talked about our game? Because we wanted to do it last. This is the game that I'm probably going to be glued to. Of course, Texas State Baylor is going to be on the big screen for me because I'm a homer. But you are a homer. 6 o'clock, big ESPN, NRG, the bright lights of that pocket outside of Houston that's kind of a bad location for a stadium. Texas Tech at Houston. Tech. Opened at seven and a half. Dude, the steam. Down to one. <laughs> the steam is unbelievable <laughs> behind Houston right now. And I'll be honest. Yeah. I don't really get it. I don't either. <laughs> um, I understand. Let me be clear. I understand if you have questions about tech. Yeah. I 
have questions about tech. Sure. Um, I'm I'm interested to see exactly what Tyler Shuck looks like. Yeah. Uh, we we still don't know. I think Matt Wells said that Sir Roderick Thompson, was, their running back, was going to be about a game-time decision, right, mm-hmm. as far as whether or not he was going to play, right? But I have thousands of questions right? about Houston. <laughs> that's, why, that's why, like, if it had, if it had been, if it had opened, what, it opened at eight or seven? What would you say? Seven and a half. Seven and a half. If it opened yeah. seven and a half, if it had come down to, like, five and a half, I'd be like, okay, that's some normal steam. Mm-hmm. For it to drop a full touchdown is, is staggering to me. And, yeah. and, and what I'll say about this is I don't know. I think this is a huge opportunity for the Texas Tech defense. And yeah. here's what I mean by this. This is an offensive line at Houston that has a lot of questions. This is a quarterback in Clayton Toon, who I think is solid, but can get loose with the football. Mm-hmm. Okay? This is an opportunity for you to go back out there and give your, op- give your d- offense a number of extra possessions. Yeah. Now, on the Houston side, I think that they are going to—I think a lot of this comes down to whether or not that defense has taken— the next step because yeah. because here's the thing they're they're very experienced mm-hmm. they got a lot of guys back there that I really like but let's be honest they just weren't very good last year mm-hmm. like the defense underachieved and so my question for them is how much have you made up in that time uh, how much have you improved in that time I think that their I think their offense is going to be okay okay mm-hmm. I think they're I think that that defense is experienced and could take a step forward i like marcus jones Mm -hmm. i like some of the guys they got back there but can they take that next step if they do then suddenly we got a team that can i think vault right back into that aac conversation a lot of it starts there i've got big questions about the offensive line i've got questions about running back Mm -hmm. and but 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 around this whole thing comes the most amazing question which is oh my god which of these two coaches who are on the hot seat is going to start off. Oh, yeah, that's it. Because one of them is. That's it. Literally, whoever loses this game, it starts to warm up. Oh, yeah. It starts to – and if if one of – like if if Tech wins this 42 to 28, it's the hot seat. See, it turns up, right, for Dana, easily. Mm -hmm. If Houston comes out and squeaks by or wins by a touchdown or whatever, okay, then Matt Wells, seat turns up. Right, mm-hmm. like I think for me, again, I, I have less questions about tech because they're. I think a lot of their question marks were obvious, mm-hmm. right? Hey, if they can fix the quarterback, hey, if they can just sustain drives, if they can just, if you know, they got Sonny Cumbie coming in. They, this, their questions were like, and they they seem to address them, right? Matt Wells seemed to know what the issue was. He knows that the defense is as good as it's been uh, as for a while, right? It was just that they could never sustain drives. Because of inconsistent quarterback play, they got his quarterback. Cool. They got an offense that you know isn't as isn't as stop start as it was under Yost. Theoretically, we'll see. But for Houston, basically their offense last year was boom or bust. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reading a stat; they were zero and five when they didn't score thirty seven points. Like you, you basically have to light up the scoreboard, yeah, or you're going to lose. And that's not. I mean, their defense should be okay, but. I think Tech's offense is going to be pretty good. I like Tyler Shuck. He was obviously first-team quarterback in our magazine. I really think he's going to have a bounce-back year. I have questions about what they did at Oregon with him and kind of how he underperformed there by some standards. I think that's more of a product of that than him as a quarterback. And so I think he's going to be come out really good. And if Houston doesn't match what I think Tech can do, 
they're done. They're toast. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. The reason why this game was last for me is because not only is it, you know, two premier Texas programs, but you mentioned it. This is a narrative game. Absolutely. This is the two coaches. This sets the tone for the entire season. The entire season. If somebody loses this game, immediately they're coaching for their job the rest of the mm-hmm. year. Like, that's nuts to say about after week one. But that was kind of when we saw this game booked for week one, right when the season ended last year. We're like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> somebody yeah. could potentially lose that game and all of a sudden be coaching for their job the remainder of 2021, which I think is going to happen. So, I don't know. It's going to be weird. I, th- I think I'm taking Tech. I'm taking Tech outright. I'm taking Tech. I would have kept it at seven. And I would have been comfortable taking oh, wow. Tech at that point. I think Tech's going to be – I would not be surprised to see 10-plus double digits because I just have so many question marks about what Houston is doing. I think Dana Holgerson bet that first year. He bet on something different, right, the red shirt thing. I think COVID obviously threw a wrench in that, but I do not think he had an answer for what that – the COVID and then the resulting transfer market did to what I think he was thinking – that year was going to be for Houston. The matchup that I'm keeping an eye on here mm-hmm. is the Tech offensive line against the Houston defensive front because mm-hmm. they do lose Peyton Turner. They bring for all the guys that they they bring back. They do lose Peyton Turner, who's yes. their most effective pass rusher. They feel really good about uh, Latrell Bankston coming and lost in. Lost Grant Stewart as well. Yeah, right. lost Grant Stewart. Yeah, at the, at the at the linebacker spot. Yeah. Um. They feel. I mean, I think I think Logan Hall has a chance to be very, has has a chance to be a real breakout player at the defensive tackle spot. They've got to get pressure on Shuck. Because the secondary is not the secondary is going to be, in my opinion, a, a, a relative question for them mm-hmm. at least in the early going. As much as I like Marcus Jones, I think that they've got some holes to fill at the safety spots. And so, as a result, can they can can Texas Tech protect Shuck and let him throw? Can Houston get in his grill and 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 make that happen? Because look, this Texas Tech offensive line does bring back four of their five starters. Yeah, and they feel good about their offensive line. They mm-hmm. feel like their offensive line can take a can take a nice step forward this year. If they do, whoever wins there, I think is going to win the game. Yeah. I I will I'll take Tech mm-hmm. uh, because I think that this is I think this is desperation time for Matt Wells. Yeah. Not that it's not desperation time for Dana Holgerson, but I think that's desperation time for Matt Wells. I do think it's like a field goal game, though. I think mm, this is something okay. like thirty to twenty-seven or something sure. like that. Um, but it's going to be great. It's the uh, like as much as we talked about Texas and Louisiana. This is the game of the week. For oh me. yeah, this is the game of the week. We're already talking about like it's it's there's no it's not hyperbole to say that we're already talking about like narratives for the season. Oh, yeah. in this game, just because there's so many question marks between both teams, and we know that both coaches are in crunch time. Um, and I'm looking up right now. So Ryder Thompson's in wait and see mode, uh, according to Matt Wells. Uh, I think it's a game time decision. Apparently, he says everything's trending the right way, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Um, hopefully, you know, hopefully they can get uh, Sir Roderick Thompson out there because I would like to see these teams go at it, and mm-hmm. you would hate to see you know him be out and that be the reason why Tech loses or something. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Uh, week Fantastic one's here, game, man. Though. Yeah, week one's here, man. Oh, I'm excited. No more week zero, dude. No more. They can finally catch up to high school because we're already in high full on uh, high school mode with uh, the season getting started. So. I'm happy to. I'm, I'm really excited to hear that uh, college game day sound, that big nude Saturday sound. Big nude Saturday. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. um, I am. I'm excited to like wake up because I because I work late on Friday nights as yeah. you do too. Yeah. So I don't watch game day. My wife watches game day, mm. and I'm just excited to sit on my couch and just have like I'm ex- like we mentioned off the top. I'm excited that if a game stinks, I can change it. Right. You know right. I mean? right. If a game stinks, that I don't have to sit there and watch. Illinois and Nebraska yeah. or something like that. Um, and yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun. I have ESPN Plus because I'm bougie. Yeah. And Oof. so I'm going to be 
Locked in. There you go. Great. I'm excited. All right, y'all. That's week one. We'll hopefully be back with you guys Sunday to recap. Uh, we'll figure something out as far as what the recap show will look like. Perhaps uh, with a special host. Or maybe have a special host. We'll see. To be continued. Enjoy football. Week one, everybody. That was it.